So the RRSP deadline is almost here. This year you get an extra day because of the leap year. So you got till February 29th, a little over two weeks now. And for as long as I can remember, the advice has always been, oh, you got to take advantage of the RSP system. Got to do, you got to max out your RSPs, max out your RSPs. Um, save for your retirement, but you know, you get a tax break. It's a win-win. You're doing both at the same time. But is it always the best option? Or, you know, is it the best for some, but not for others? I mean, we sort of just take this big, broad brush and say, hey, max out your RSPs. What? Really? Maybe maybe I shouldn't. Maybe there's something else. But who knows? I certainly don't. So let's find out. We're going to speak with Jason Heath, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Director with Objective Financial Partners. Jason, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Shay. Okay, RSPs, basically, so we're all on the same page, it's just deferring your tax. It's retirement savings tomorrow and a bit of a tax break today, right? That's all it is? I think, well, I mean, at a high level, yeah. I mean, an RSP, I think even the retirement component is uh, is sort of overrated. Tax deferral, it's a tax deferral mechanism. You put money in, you get a tax deduction today, you need to pay tax on the way back out. And that tax deferral component, I think, really plays into who it is ideal for. Not everybody should be contributing to an RSP. The tax savings today might hurt them in the long run. Okay, explain that. So you're, you're saving the taxes, but you will have to pay them down the road. So maybe, are you saying, so if you're at a lower income and expecting to be at a higher income down the road, uh, this isn't the way to do it? hundred percent. So I think if you have a moderate or a high income today, an RSP contribution is beneficial. Ideally, you want to put money into your RSP when you're in a higher tax bracket than you will withdraw the money uh, at in the future. And somebody who's in a low tax bracket, and I guess I would define that by if somebody's income is, is less than about $60,000, for example, I would think twice about making an RSP contribution. It might feel good to get a tax refund today, but you might actually be better off contributing to another account, like a tax-free savings account, for example. Interesting. So you're still, I mean, you don't want to abandon saving, but maybe the RSP isn't the best vehicle. Why would the tax-free saving account be better? So um, when you contribute to an RSP and then take withdrawals in the future, those withdrawals are fully taxable income. And unless you can pull the money out, uh, ideally at a lower tax rate down the road, um, it can hurt you because you could end up paying a similar or higher tax rate. Especially in retirement, there are government benefits that are means tested, meaning that the higher income is the lower uh, benefit you receive. So a low-income senior uh, who's taking RSP withdrawals can actually be worse off than if they had contributed to a TFSA many years down the road, or, or many years in the past, rather. So I think that's the key. If somebody's in a, a low tax bracket, again, say $60,000 is, is the point where you should be thinking twice. Um, TFSA can be a great way to save for, for retirement. And it's a shame, you know, tax-free savings account. It's, it's a retirement tax-free savings account, too. It can be used for retirement. Gotcha. Okay. What about first-time homebuyers? We know there's all kinds of different programs. One of them is RSPs. If you're saving to buy a home, uh, is that RSP option, is that a good one for you? Well, until recently, it was the, the option yeah. if somebody wanted to, to really take advantage. There's this home buyer's plan where you can put money into your RSP and withdraw up to $35,000 under the home buyer's plan to use towards the purchase of an eligible home. Um, 
last year there was an FHSA, First Home Savings Account, that was introduced that can be used um, actually in addition to the home buyer's plan. Originally, it was meant to be uh, all or, or nothing. You could use one or the other, but now you can actually uh, use both an FHSA. You can put in up to $8,000 annually and claim a tax deduction on your tax return. Um, and you can put in $40,000 in total. And whatever that grows to, it could be $100,000, it could be more, can be withdrawn tax-free for an eligible home purchase. The neat thing, I think, about an FHSA is it combines the key features of an RRSP and a TFSA. You put money in, you get a tax deduction, it grows, and then you can pull it out like a TFSA tax-free. So it's like an RSP on the way in, TFSA on the way out. So that sounds way better than your standard buy an RRSP and then get taxed when you take it out to buy your home. It's a great option for anybody who is uh, not a homeowner. And I think the other thing is it's not limited to, to a young person. Anybody who's not owned a home in the previous five years can use the uh, FHSA. So it could be somebody that is, um, you know, older and renting, somebody who's gone through a relationship breakdown, say they've had a divorce or something and has rented for a period of time. It's something that uh, people can come back to and, and use later on as well now. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Now here's the question I have. We know things are pretty tight out there and a lot of people are having a hard time making ends meet. We know retirement savings people aren't having a hard time or having a hard time doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. when we talk about this, does the same rules apply that we always hear? Like, don't be having debt. Get rid of debt first before you start to worry about these sorts of things. Do you have to clear up debt first? I would be inclined to get rid of high interest rate debt. So if somebody has got a credit card debt or other unsecured debt that's at a a higher rate for sure. Um, But even somebody who has a a mortgage uh, and has an RSP and is kind of torn between the two, the way the math works out, if you can earn a higher rate of return investing in your RSP than your mortgage rate, this is a broad generalization, but that is sort of the line in the sand. The higher rate of return you can earn on your RSP relative to the interest rate you're paying on your mortgage, perhaps the better off you'd be contributing to an RSP. Now, when mortgage rates were 2%, it was an easier threshold to achieve for somebody who had a decent risk tolerance. But now, I'll tell you what, 5 6% interest rate, I don't think it's a horrible idea to choose mortgage repayment or debt repayment, even on a, a low interest rate debt compared to investing if you're a conservative investor. I think that's the key. If you're a conservative investor and you say, boy, I feel better paying down my mortgage as compared to investing, it's not a bad idea. Eventually, you'll get that mortgage paid off and you'll start investing um, down the road. How do we sort our... Th- I mean, obviously, we, I have access. I can talk to you about this, but I'm sure a lot of people out there like, you got RSPs, you got tax-free savings accounts, you got, you know, first home savings accounts. I mean, the, the list goes on now. How do you yeah. how do you sort through it all? I mean, for your average Canadian, how do they know what to do? It's a good question. I, I, it's one of the disadvantages of having all of these accounts, to, to be honest, but I think my general advice, if I were to sum it up quick, uh, again, moderate or high income, so say $60,000 plus, and, and certainly the higher above 60, the, the better, an RRSP contribution would be best for long-term savings. Um, TFSAs tend to be a better option for a low-income uh, earner, but also somebody who's in a pension plan. If you're in a pension, generally you don't get RSP room because you're in a, a yeah. pension and you have a pension adjustment that gets rid of that RSP room. Um, or if you're maxed out in your RSP, I mean, TFSA obviously would, would be great. 
if somebody is saving for a home purchase, I would pick the first home savings account over an RRSP. Uh, I think it's it's better and it's it's sort of a use it or lose it thing. Once you become a homeowner, it's not like you can go back and catch up on your FHSA contributions. Um, so I, I think that's how I would prioritize it generally. But again, for someone who's a conservative investor or who has high interest rate that Paying down debt's good too. I mean, ultimately, one of the the goals of financial independence is to build your net worth. You know, either grow your assets or decrease your liabilities. Both are good uh, in the long run. Okay, yeah, and always seek out advice. The banks usually have people that'll help you, and then there's of course professionals like you that are always available. And no, no shame in asking for help. I mean, there's a lot going on there. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and even, you know, tax accountants, um, there, there's tax considerations to do this. And a lot of people get their taxes done in, in April and, and don't ask any questions otherwise. But, you know, tap the professionals that you have in your advice or, or have in your life, rather, for that advice. And um, I think you'll be better off for it. Yeah, good stuff. Jason, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time.